This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be My name is Hashem. I have my wife, Janetta. Um, been together since we're high school sweetheart. Um, I have two baby girls right now, two-year-olds and one-year-old. Uh, another one, a boy on the way. And we've been documenting our life on Facebook so far for, for a while now. Mm-hmm. What's and, a while? Uh, it, since it first came out. Okay. So you mean like you've been... Put up pictures of us yeah, you've been putting up pictures. Okay. Life. So you mean like every other person on earth? Yes, yes. Okay, okay, just want to establish that. My, my do- yeah, my, my two-year-old daughter just like, had a video that had 8 million views of just saying, her saying Google Gaga. Like, that, oh, God, now you think she's going to be famous. Well, she is oh, famous. Oh, no, no, oh, oh, it's definitely, I'm an artist, but I'm an artist, I'm a filmmaker, I do, I do as much as I can to provide for my family. So do your and thing. I do things that actually get me famous, but my kids are naturals, and they, become, they became models and stuff like that. I love it. Now, my question is, yes. how do I monetize something like this? We have a huge following, and I want to I figure out how do you monetize that. Have you had brands reach out to you? We've reached out to brands. My, my wife does that. She's um, she reached out to different baby products and stuff like that, and they've been giving us free things to take pictures with and stuff like that. But How many followers do you have on Instagram, and how many followers do you have on your Facebook fan page? On on Facebook, I have sixteen thousand, and on on Instagram, I have one thousand three hundred. You're not big enough. I'm verified on Facebook, so I'm <laughs> I mean, I'm not even glad. That's always a difficult question for me because I don't think you should try to monetize fame. There's nothing attached to it. Like, what are you famous for? Like, if she had an actual skill or a talent or well, something. Well, she does. It's, it's, I, think, I, so this, I think this is actually an interesting debate because I would say escapism mm-hmm. is, is the fame. Right, so like when people say, what, what is she famous for? Like, is watching men run around and throw a ball into a basket or throw it around and run over each other, when was that considered a huge skill and when wasn't it? Mm. You see where I'm going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really interesting yeah. time, right? Like what becomes, you know, what, it's amazing to watch America, this market, make certain things skills. Kids did not get paid to be good at skateboarding in 1960 they do now because people will watch it. So famous for the sake of famous has been around forever. An icon named nah, Zsa Gabor, but they are. Zsa Gabor was, didn't, wasn't known for everything. She tried to act. Everybody can try to act. I think it just comes down to attention. So Zsa Gabor was the original Kim Kardashian is what you said. 100%. Okay, got you. It's true. I just feel like you still have to have something attached to it. Well, listen, the attach is escapism. Okay. I, I think like if you're pretty, that's escapism. Like eyes are on you. Mm-hmm. It's called modeling. Pretty girl privilege. That's real. <laughs> yeah. That's that might be actually. Let's take the fame one now. That might really be the that one. That might be the one. My man, listen. Here's the punchline. I think I think you might be slightly delusional in a very sweet way. I feel I can already tell you're a good guy. You're just like the numbers, and I haven't even looked at the engagement rates against that top line following account. But like everybody's got two thousand followers. Everybody's got sixteen thousand followers. You can't monetize because brands don't think it's special enough because you don't have enough of attention. You're a TV show, bro. You're a TV show. You just don't have enough viewers. Mm. Okay. Right? So I think, of course you think your kids are the most talented. I literally think mine two are as well. 
It's just what we do, right? Yeah. Like you gotta let the math speak. It's great that you're getting free stuff at those numbers. That means your wife's a hustler and a salesperson and she's doing her thing. Getting free stuff at those numbers is already an accomplishment. I kinda wanna hire her, send her my way cause that's a good job for that small of a base. <coughs> to start getting paid five, 10, $15,000 by a brand, you have gotta get those numbers and engagement up, period. All right. All right. Good luck, man. What you said is interesting too about escapism, though, because I think sometimes you can have those numbers just because people are bored. I don't know if I want people just to be tuning into me just because they're bored. But they're tuning into everything because I mean, bored is, is the slang term for I'm not I'm not doing something right now yeah. and I want to do something else. You know what's really interesting? I'm also fascinated by when the political climate is rough, like it is now. Like you know, when people are scared during times of war. These so during World War II, one of the things that grew was the circus. People had no money for porridge. And they were going to see the circus because when life's hard, you need to just do shit that doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the Jets. Like, like the Jets mean so much more to me than people realize because it's the one place that I really care about something that really doesn't matter. It does though, it's a different level of excitement. You get dressed, you go. Some people you know? feel that way about runway shows. Some people feel that yeah. about a new album dropping. Some people feel that about kids playing hacky sack. Yeah. Everybody's got their different interests. Rap wasn't music, remember? Until it was. Hi Gary, I'm Piper East from Piper's Fix TV and I'm here at the 2016 Nickelodeon's Kids' Choice Awards Orange Carpet. So I've done over 700 interviews since I was seven years old and I've also been pitching a scripted TV show concept. Eventually I want to expand to an online TV network sort of thing so I want your advice on how to monetize. Where do I go from here and when can I interview you? Oh my <laughs> god! That's amazing. That is so Piper, I'll, I'll save you a ton of time. Let's do it ASAP. Tell me where you're at, get to New York, uh, call me. Um, actually, sorry Piper, text me. Um, that was amazing. What do you guys think about that? Um, I think that when she talks about how to monetize, I think a lot. the short game is to go for brands. The long-term game would to be continue her hosting on YouTube, push it on her platforms, and maybe even grow it into like sort of a brand where she has a clothing line. I mean, she's adorable. She has red hair, which is different. She could yep. do something with that. Yep. So I think there's Make your own little ways network. to monetize. I mean, honestly. Yeah. And yeah, and I also think right now, you know, it's not about the ads, the pre-roll ads. It's about what are brands like who are the brands that want to work with you and that makes sense with your brand? Right. You know, if you spot, you know, have hoverboards sponsor a video, no one's going to care. But if you, if you really, so sponsor them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, find things yeah. that work with your brand and integrate it into your content. Don't you know? What I think uh, I will definitely have you on the show. You'll interview me, and during that show, I'll give you much more detailed answers because it's really predicating your situation. I don't know the financial situation of your parents or your situation. There's so many things, like I hate giving general advice when there's an opportunity to give specific advice. So since we're gonna be hanging out, I'll go there. I think the longer you can wait, the more you will make if you've got the talent. And so I think that's the real key. I think the other thing is, you know, I noticed all the things you had there. If I were you, I would aggressively start looking at Musical.ly. I don't know what you guys are doing with Musical.ly, if either one of you are on it, but I think that is the absolute platform of junior high right now, and it seems like that would be a very smart place for you to go. So I would continue to be first mover in new places, because I think you're at such a young age where that could be a big, big, big advantage. Um, supply and demand is differently on Musical.ly than it is on Snapchat, Instagram, or YouTube. Um, so we'll have specific advice for you, Piper, very soon. That was cool.
Helena asks, any advice for people working 7 p.m. to 2 a.m. doing what they love but aren't sure how to monetize it, such as a blog? Helena? Yeah. You know, Helena, I think, um, I, you know, I think it's dangerous not to have a concept of how you're gonna monetize uh, if you want money as a KPI, meaning, I need everybody to understand there's a difference between strategy and patience. You need to be patient to execute your strategy, but you need a strategy. Like, you know, and, and by the way, strategy is very easy. If you're building a personal brand or if you're talking about coffee or things of that nature, whatever you're doing, there's a lot of ways to sell. You sell as being a personality. You show up at events and get paid for that. You, you, you make a book and you sell that. Uh, you know, you create a product like a, a coffee maker and you sell that. There's not a lot of different ways to monetize and make money. You make it through advertising. You make it through appearance fees. You make it through selling stuff. It, you know, it's quite basic. So. I've saved you time on your strategy. That's how you're gonna monetize. You're either gonna, you're gonna siphon the leverage into a product, a service, or your time. That's it. That's your strategy. I've told you. You now know how you're gonna do it. Now, what you really need to worry about is, does anybody give a crap about what you're doing between seven and two? You know, and you can't just talk about loving knitting or loving sneakers, but nobody thinks you're good at it. You know, there's a little bit of a meritocracy in this. The market has to care, and if the market doesn't care, you lose. So I've got a client of mine who has been running kind of the social media for his business. He owns a few gyms here in the Nashville area. Uh, he's a bodybuilder. He's one of Mr. Tennessee, I believe, once or twice. And now he's come to me and is asking, you know, Brian, how do I take my accomplishments and my personal brand and take it to the next level so I can, you know, monetize that? How do I grow that? Do I, you know, build my social larger, you know, start, you know, looking for sponsors, selling supplements, so on and so forth. What does he want to, what does he want to push that towards? Is the accomplishment just financial? Which is super fine. I don't want, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean, he's yeah. I mean, I think I think he's got to pick the things that he wants to. The answer is you need to bring value to people so they follow you, and then you decide what you want to move your audience to, and you need to believe in what you sell, right? Like just getting, you know. I remember I was visceral against supplements over the last decade because the first 80 people I met, I knew didn't give a fuck about what was in the supplements. They were just slapping some label on some shit they bought in China, and so I was like, and I remember thinking. Shit, this is scary. These were like friends or acquaintances. I'm like, bro, what if like in four years it's found out that you don't even know what you're buying? What if people die from cancer? Like, how could you live like this? So I like just was like completely like, you know, now I've become a little more educated, started getting my fitness better. I started meeting people that are actually from the fitness game and care about it and like do the homework. I mean, Jordan is so unbelievably knowledgeable. Like, and the way he talks about stuff, it's thoughtful. It's thoughtful. It's not slapping a private label on the cheapest pills in bulk that you can buy on Alibaba and trying to flip them on your Twitter account. So I think the answer is very simple, my man. He needs to bring value to people and you can only do so much because he has to bring value. It's not that you can manipulate that. And then he needs to decide what he wants to push that audience to and he needs to feel good about it. So if he feels good that his gym's worth $2.99 a month, like the reason it's so easy for me to sell books is I just think it's really worth 14 fucking dollars. Like, yeah. you know, like, you gotta feel good about what you sell. So I would tell you, you need to get serious with him and not have a surface level conversation with him. You need to stress test 
the relationship and put him in a position that he has to understand that he has to first bring value to people on social and then he needs to push them towards something he really believes in and that takes time, not, hey Brian, get my social up so we make some money. Yeah. And do you think, and maybe Ty, you can answer towards this, is there a social media platform that you would want him to focus more of his time and attention on for that world? Ty, what's your thoughts on that? Um, well, to echo what you said about taking the, um, developing, giving something in use value that you can believe in, um, you can, I, I guess, you know, Facebook would be really cool, but um, you can go on and develop a YouTube channel and give some really good practical advice that starts to talk about um, helping people overcome or deal with some of the issues that they're wrestling with. Or maybe you can think about speaking to a unique market. Um, there are a lot of people that are dealing with a host of um, issues um, that diet or different dieting strategies can help. Not, not just talking about the Mr. or Mrs. Jones that wants to lose a few dress sizes, but the person that's actually needs to eat in a specific way to combat some of the health crisis that they find. Um, and sure. as a result, aren't as easy or find it not as easy to find those answers, you know, just, um, um, you know, out there. I think you could, you could develop a resource that speaks to that specific group um, or, or a bunch of uh, different uh, needs and now create something um, of a substantial use value that is worth um, the subscription price on your, um, you know, or actually technically more than that, you know, so you give more in use value than the actual dollar figure that you charge. Um, Tried and true advice, man. Provide people value up front, then sell them something you believe in. Super simple. Cool. Yep. Uh, by the way, to answer your question, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Snapchat, and Twitter on the next tier below that. But the three things above that, priority. Can't, can't, can't win in 2017 without a substantial Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube strategy. Can't win. Got it. And that's on video. And so then if you want to talk about written, medium, LinkedIn, your own blog, and then if you want to talk about audio, uh, your, po- your own podcast, other people's podcasts, uh, Spotify, believe it or not, SoundCloud, believe it or not, mm. content on music platforms I think is a arbitrage. Got it? Cool. Cool. Awesome, man. Thanks. Yes, I appreciate it. And, uh, you got go it. Jets. Yes, go Jets is right. Ottawa Hoops asks, how can student athletes use social media to monetize their brand? I'll jump in on this one. Um, So so I think think the NCAA is ridiculously difficult to navigate and I have real venom towards it. And I don't know every detail. I have real venom towards it because I also grew up in the wine business where the laws are ridiculous and not practical and are archaic. And then it gets even worse when you really look under the underbelly of why the rules sit there. So I think student athletes have to be careful because they can lose eligibility, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, so were you always scared of like that? Yeah. Like, it was always yeah. like a bad cloud, yeah. right? And, and Coach K was like, don't fuck up. Right, no, you don't, you don't want to mess up his program. He's not gonna like that. But the, that's the thing, the, the regulations, the rules, you don't, you, you almost, you, you shouldn't be trying to monetize your social yes. media because they're gonna hit you over the head but with the suspension. That's why I have an answer. What your job to do is to really build 
if you care about that, if you're that entrepreneurial, and if you're in, you're a javelin, yep. you know, and you're in volleyball, yep. there's no women's professional volleyball league that's gonna pay your sister the kind of money the boys made. Right. So if she's thinking about the entrepreneurial level, what you do while you've got that attention, or if you're the 11th guy at Indiana State and you don't think you're going to the NBA, what I think when you have that attention is you build a fan base. You don't monetize it, you build the platform. The way to do that, whether you're a superstar player, or the 11th guy on Indiana State is to engage. Now, if you're a superstar player and you're going to Duke, you're probably worried about your class, you're worried about the program, so you probably have less time. If you're 11th guy at Indiana State, you probably have more time, and so you've gotta just pull levers, but it's about engagement. Again, I don't, I'm a hot on this because I just, it's a Larry Bird reference and you, I didn't want to use Indiana. Like, I just thought it was funny. So if you're Indiana State, 11th guy, yeah. right? Every single person that references your game on Twitter is something you can engage with. Maybe you didn't play, but it would be really funny if Tyler was like, you guys suck tonight, and you jump in and are like, yo bro, they'd be pumped because they actually watched that game, that context building. Now all of a sudden you leave school with 80,000 followers uh, where you would have had maybe 1,500 if you didn't give a crap, and now all of a sudden you are tweeting out looking for opportunities this summer, that's where you're at your height because you just went through the program and six or seven leads come in and away you go. That's really the only way within the rules of the NCAA. Agreed, move on. Yeah, I'd like to know a little bit about uh, your your document don't create ethos. It's something we've been doing a lot more and I enjoy hearing your uh, general perspective on it. No problem and I'm glad you're asking. Thank you so much and and hope everything's well and it was really nice to run into you. Um, Well, I appreciate that. No worries, man. I'm gonna hang up and get to the next one but I love you and stay well. So documenting versus creating. Don't dial it yet. This has been a big breakthrough, so much so, as you guys all know, because you've been watching Daily V, some of you, uh, I, uh, I really am writing a new book called Crushed It, and it's profiling the people that read Crush It and Crushed It, and giving you the updated on what I would do if I was a personal brand on Instagram or, or Twitter or Snapchat, or how do you build your personal brand and, and or the business around your favorite passion, be the queen of strawberries or vegan food or tailgating or making candles. That ethos that has played out even to a greater scale than most people believed, one that I believed so much when I did the first book. This document, and instead of creating thing is so big that there's been nights and showers and just like jam sessions in my own mind over the last month where I'm like, should I make that book? Should I quickly sneak in, document, and don't create? Do I make that a big ethos of, crushed it? Here, here's the punchline. What I'm seeing, and so many of you are answering on this, is people are crippled when they have to create original content. But when you actually understand that you and your life are the unique piece of creative, it changes everything. Is everybody interesting? No, I mean, the answer is no, not to the macro, meaning not everybody is destined to become a social media reality star, but so many people are destined that will never start. So many people, like look, you don't have to be the Kardashians, right? You can be some version of it. Here's what I do know. There are a thousand people watching this right now that if they started making Snapchat stories, Instagram stories, YouTube videos, Facebook videos, and post three or four times a day documenting what they're doing, eating this lunch, taking my kid to school, this is who my uncle is, this is my sister, this is what I'm into, this is soccer practice. If they started documenting instead of like, ooh, let me make a video about like how the sun comes up, or like instead of creating something, you just document your actual life my biggest belief is so many of you should be documenting your journey of becoming an intern, of becoming, moving from 
college to the real life, going through your divorce, starting your new business. If you document your truth, my belief is that there is a stunning amount, 1,000 of you watching right now, who could make as much money, and that might be 80,000, and that might be 380,000. You could make as much money documenting your life through all these channels, and making monetization through ads, affiliates, sponsorship deals, speaking engagements, books, and all the other ancillary things that happened. You could make as much money being you, as much money being Tyler Babin as getting paid at VaynerMedia being Tyler Babin in the production team. Like, I just believe that truth. Now, that might not be for everybody, but it is for a lot of you. And unlike Tyler Babin, thank God, most of you don't like your job. He likes it. So that's what would prevent him. And you may love your job and that will prevent you. But if you were sitting here today in 2017 and you were watching this piece of content, which means you listen to my themes and care about my stuff and you're in this ethos, you can start dialing. Well then you need to understand what documenting versus creating is. Not everybody's gonna create that show. You know, it's a lot easier to make a documentary than Cheers if you understand the power of the current platforms and things of that nature. It's not that documenting is so easy either, but just telling your real life on a daily basis, super interesting to me and something all of you should at least try. What's the cost? A couple leisure hours on bullshit? Really, I love what you're saying about self-awareness. It's one of the number one things I talk to my clients about. One of the number of things that has changed my life for the better in so many different ways. But being truly self-aware, I know that one of my best talents, obviously, (laughs) is the energy that I bring to the table. And I'm telling you, I'll bring this energy to the table wherever I'm at, okay? Call me out there right now. I'm gonna drive out there. You think I won't? I will bring this energy, Gary. And I know this would be really great for brands, but I'm trying to brand my own thing on the side, right? So the question is, how do you harness an an emotion that comes through the energy that I develop and give and share with other people? How can I monetize that online? Um, I've been working on it and I could really use your help. Thank you so much, Gary. I love you, man. Hey, DRock, link in the description. Ooh, get right there, right there. Lift life, guys. And go New York Jets! Jason, what are you doing with that? <laughs> wow. <laughs> like Jim Carrey. <laughs> He's like, really, really, that's really got some interesting charisma. What do you think? Um, How does he monetize all that energy? Well, here's the thing. We, we both know online is a great way to get attention. It's, it's a little bit challenging sometimes to monetize. Obviously, the CPMs are very low. It's hard to get to the brands. That's why big agencies like yours exist and other ones around town. They have the brand relationships. So there'll be some opportunity to join these networks of stars. You know about those. Yep. Um, and that's a fine way to do it. But I think building your brand online and then increasing your prices offline. So if he's a trainer and he's got five clients and they're all paying 50 bucks an hour, what I always find is people are afraid to raise their prices and lose clients, right? So if he keeps growing and he's that good, you know, he should be able to raise his, double his price, then double your price, then double your price. And you know, maybe have five people who are paying $400 a session or that kind of a thing. So be good at whatever your skill is and then keep raising your price. Products, services, content. Yeah. There's only four to five things that one can do sure. to monetize. Yeah. You've got great energy, you get intention, you, get, you, get, you build a base and then you can do a lot of different things. You could sell them stuff, sure. right? Make a product, create, yeah. you can sell a t-shirt, like you can sell them a physical thing. Yeah. You can create a service. If you train people and it's 50 bucks an hour, then it's 100 and then it's 200. Yeah. You can be in a place where you as a personality gets monetized. You sign a book deal, you sell a sure. lot of them. You speak for 100 bucks, then 1,000 bucks, then 5,000 bucks. Uh, you create a scalable content play. You put out something that is, you know, you put your classes on Udemy and all these kind of things, yeah. like collect, co- co- creative collective and things like that. So. 
you and I can give you like a lot of things, but like the truth is there's only like five or six things it's that are out the there. It's a rookie mistake when I talk to somebody and say, what's your business model? And they say, well, it's gonna be advertising mm-hmm. and subscriptions, and then we're gonna sell things, and then we're gonna sell the data, and they list 18 things, and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. The great companies, Uber, take a percentage. Tumblr, advertising, Google, ad network, right? It's very rare that you see even a big company, Apple selling hardware, goes into a second or third business line. You have to pick one and Go master deep. it. And just master it because you know how hard it is to get advertising and content to work. You have to be the number one person in your category and you have to have very tight relationships and you have to deliver for those advertisers. On a product basis, people who are making great products and selling them at a high profit like Apple, man, it's hard to compete against people like that. You have to be exceptional in this The, day and age. the other thing for a lot of you that are watching that I think will be valuable is try to do everything. Give a free speech create a content ebook, sure. go try to get a publishing deal. Like try different things. And see which one's pop. Yeah, see what, which like, one you enjoy. Yeah, I think That's so. That's critical too because yeah. if you don't enjoy being in a service business and having customers, like you can't do it because you're going to hate oh your God, customers. Oh my God, all my tech friends as you like yeah. know like like from what I came from, they're like you like this? Like you like having them like oh. I'm like, I like it because I know what it's building for me long term. But it's, you know, like nobody in tech wants the unscalable nature of Of this. Of a service business. Nobody. No. But if you look at it, you have real clients. And look at the knowledge you're getting. Like you have all these millennials out here and like (laughs) they're different, aren't they? I don't think so. They're different than Gen Xers. I, you know what, I think that's a popular conversation. I think people are pretty basic. Do they, yeah. like, yeah, I think that they have the same tried and true things, which is they have some balance of their wants and needs. Mm. I just think that they have more power. They do. They have more power because the world has gone in their favor. They're 20 something in a time where 20 somethings are respected by 40, 50, and 60 somethings around business because business is being done here. Hey guys, I hope you really enjoyed this episode of the Gary Vee Experience. Now go out and share this, pass it on, let me know what you thought.